continuing a series on gifts in the church. And uh, we've identified three different categories of gifts that are given to the body of Christ. There are the ministry gifts as revealed to us in Ephesians chapter 4 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then there are the functional gifts that are mentioned in uh, Romans chapter 12, as well as 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then there are the spiritual gifts. And uh, in this particular series of teachings, we're dealing with the spiritual gifts. And the text verse that we use for this um, series of teachings, teachings is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 7. <coughs> Scripture says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. And we said that all of these gifts are supernatural. These are manifestations of the Holy Spirit Himself. Um, he manifests Himself through the individual who has this gift residing on the inside of them. And there are nine spiritual gifts listed for us in this passage of Scripture. Um, and it's only those nine gifts that are available to the body of Christ. And uh, we subdivided the gifts into three different categories to make it easier uh, for study purposes so that we can better understand how these gifts actually do work in the church. And uh, the three categories that we've subdivided the nine gifts into are what we call the revelation gifts, the power gifts and the speaking gifts. And the revelation gifts, um, we categorize each one of those gifts into this, uh, the, the category called revelation gifts because each one of those particular gifts um, reveals something to, uh, from the Lord to the church. And the gifts that uh, we categorize into that particular grouping is the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits because all three of those gifts um, reveal something to the church from the Holy Spirit. And then the three um, gifts that we uh, place into the category we, that we term the power gifts is the gift of faith, the gift of the working of miracles, and gifts of healings. Because all three of those gifts uh, display the power of God. And so that is why we um, combine those gifts together. And then there is the final category that we um, put together, and that is or what we call the speaking gifts. And these gifts um, all speak forth the word of the Lord. And uh, the gifts are prophecy, discerning of uh, diverse kind of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And uh, in this particular series, we're dealing with um, that category of gifts. We're dealing with the speaking gifts. Um, and so another scripture we want to now look at because we wanted to just understand how the gifts actually do operate um, in the church um, is in Romans chapter 12 beginning at verse 3. The scripture says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing 
according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. And so each one in the, member, each one in the body of Christ receives one functional gift um, in order to operate in the body of Christ. There isn't any one uh, member in the body of Christ that does not receive at least one gift from the Lord. Uh, the scripture says, but to each one of us, um, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And uh, in, an, um, in verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Um, scripture says, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So each one of us are a member of the body of Christ and as such we all have a function to perform. And so every single one of us receives at least one gift from the Lord. Now when we receive our gift from the Lord, we also receive the measure of faith that we require to operate in that gift. For verse 3 says, as God has dealt to each one, the measure of faith or a measure of faith and so we receive our measure of faith and we also receive the the grace that is given to us the scripture uh, mentioned and the grace that is given to us is in fact the ability that God gives us in order for us to operate in our gift and so when God does impart to us the gift that uh, he wants us to function in in the body of Christ at the same time, he imparts the grace that we, not, we require to operate in that gift, and he imparts to us the faith that we need in order to be able to function in that gift. Now, um, it is up to the believer to each one of us have received different gifts, and the way that we operate in those gifts is in proportion to the faith that we have received for that gift. For verse 6 says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. So we all receive different gifts from the Lord, but even within the gifts that we receive from the Lord, we receive differing measures of faith for those gifts. So there is a case of, uh, because he says, if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. And so there are believers uh, in the same body, in the same congregation even, who have received uh, both the gift of prophecy. But one would have received a greater measure of faith from the Lord to prophesy than the other uh, saint. And therefore they're able to operate at a greater level of anointing in their particular gift. And so it's very important for us as believers to recognize the level of faith that we have received for our gift. And not to try and operate outside of that level of faith because the the faith that we're dealing with with regards to the, our gifts uh, pertains to our, our gifting faith this is not our daily living faith for the scripture says for the just shall live by faith now that faith is given to each believer as they come into the body of christ and that faith is given to us in order to walk our christian walk and that faith we can grow in but this particular faith that the Apostle Paul is referring to in this passage of Scripture pertains only to the gift that we receive from the Lord. And so we do receive this level of faith by differing measures, depending on the gift that the Lord has given to us in order for us to function within the body of Christ. And so it's important for us 
to not only know what our gifting is that we have received from the Lord, but at the same time to recognize the level of faith that God has given to us, the level of grace He has given to us in order to operate in that particular gift and not try to operate outside of our level of faith. Because when we do, then we get ourselves into trouble because now we're no longer walking by faith and we're walking outside of the level of faith that has been um, allocated to us. Now, the scripture says that we are to use our gifts. For he says in uh, that passage of scripture, he says um, in verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. And so it's very important for us as believers, once we recognize what gifting we have received from the Lord and what level of faith we have received in order to operate in that gift, that we actually do use our gifts because uh, we're not meant to neglect the gifts because the gifts are given to us, not for us. The gifts are given to us so that we can function in the body of Christ, so that the body of Christ may be edified. Think about the, the natural body. The natural body needs every member of the body to function correctly in order for the body to be able to function correctly. If there's any part of the natural body that is not functioning or not functioning correctly, well, then the body suffers. And so in, in the spirit, it works exactly in the same manner. Uh, the church uh, can only function correctly if every single member in the body, in the church, is in fact performing the function God has called them to perform and is operating at an optimum. And then the church and the body of Christ will be able to operate um, as God has called us to. Another scripture we can look at is um, uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, because we want to know how we're supposed to use our gifts, because the scripture says, uh, having gifts differing, let us use them. So how are we meant to use our gifts? Well, this particular scripture does help us along that line. It says, as each one has received a gift, and there we go, Peter's just agreeing with uh, the Apostle Paul, in that he is stating that every single member of the body of Christ has received at least one gift from the, uh, the Lord Jesus for their operation in the body of Christ. And so he says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And so that is what our gift is given to us for. We're meant to minister our gift to the body of Christ. We're meant to minister our gifts to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace, the, the manifested grace of God. And so that's what a steward is really called to do. A steward is meant to um, be uh, faithful in ministering the gifts that they have received from the Lord. And we are meant to um, minister our gifts to one another. Um, so we said that we, when we receive our gift, we receive the level of faith for that gift. We receive the level of grace for that gift. And when we operate in that level of faith and in the grace given to us, it's the, nat the most natural thing in the world for us to operate in our gift because it's just we're operating in the ability that the Holy Spirit has imparted to us. And it's very important for us as uh, uh, believers to walk in the natural from that point of view. So we walk in the Spirit naturally because we're just flowing out of that which God has already imparted to us. There's no striving. When one operates in their gift given to them by the Holy Spirit uh, at the level that the Holy Spirit has called them to operate in, 
it's, uh, there's no striving involved at all. It just flows naturally because it's the Holy Spirit himself making himself manifest through that particular saint. And so it's so important for saints to firstly find out what the gifting is and then find out what level of faith the Lord has allocated to them to operate in that gifting. And then begin to exercise the gift as the Spirit wills. Um, as we go through the giftings on the, on the speaking gifts now, we'll see that it's not up to the individual saint to operate the gift. It's the Holy Spirit who makes himself manifest through the saint. But the saint must be available to the Holy Spirit to allow him to make himself manifest as and when he desires. Now, just as our faith can be increased, um, not in this area, but our daily living faith can be increased or diminished depending on our interventions that we make, depending on whether we spend time in the Word of God and spend time in prayer. Um, our, faith can be, our faith level can be increased. So it is with regards to the anointing that we have upon our spiritual gifts that we have received from the Lord. Because the anointing is in fact the, the, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. It's His ability that rests upon us. Now we can either increase that um, anointing or we can diminish that anointing depending on our chosen lifestyle. And uh, scripture we can look at to just highlight that particular truth to us is in Mark chapter 4 beginning at verse 24. Uh, this is our Lord speaking. The scripture says, Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. Now, in context, when our Lord is making this comment, He's talking about the Word of God. And He's saying, guys, you need to be uh, mindful about what you hear. Because depending on the measure you use, that's what heaven's going to um, measure to you. So we, the, the onus is upon the individual saint to say, Lord, this is what I'm prepared to um, receive from heaven. And heaven will give that much to the saint. So... God never force feeds his children. Uh, it's always a case of we decide how much of the word of God we're prepared to um, absorb. And so that is what uh, that's the amount that will be imparted to us or how little. And so, again, that's the amount that will be imparted to us. And so that's the principle that the Lord taught with regards to the word of God and what emphasis the same places on the word of God in their lives. But at the same time, we can take that principle and apply it to the anointing um, on our spiritual gifts that we have received from the Lord. And so if we choose to, um, have to, to want to hear more, um, to want to receive more of the anointing for our spiritual gifts, more will be given. If we are flippant about it and we say, you know, well, whatever, if the Lord wants to anoint me, he can. If he doesn't, he doesn't have to. Well, then that will not attract a greater degree of anointing for our spiritual gifts. We will not walk in a greater degree of anointing. In fact, we'll walk in a, a lesser degree of anointing. And uh, in verse 25, the scripture says, but whoever does not have, 
Even what he has will be taken away from him. And so our, our Lord is speaking about the word of God there, but the anointing on the, the believer's life for their spiritual gift can also diminish to that degree that the anointing just gets removed completely because they just never hunger after the gifts of the Spirit, to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Um, and so there's no anointing there, and that anointing diminishes to the point that the, the anointing actually does lift off of their uh, lives entirely. And so we can also... Um, neglect the gifts that are given to us. 1 Timothy 4.14 The Apostle Paul writing to Timothy he says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. And so it's, it, just as we can diminish the anointing for our gift upon our lives by not um, placing any kind of emphasis on the gift and not really giving it too much attention, so we can also neglect our gift. And by neglecting the gift, the way that we do that is we do not use the gift at all. So, you know, we, we know we've received a gift um, and we just choose not to use it. Or we use it um, less than opportunity allows. In other words, the Holy Spirit impresses upon us that he wants to make himself manifest through us with the gifting he's given to us. And we hold back, and we, you know, because the scripture says that the the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, and so we decide. The Holy Spirit impresses upon us that He wants to manifest Himself through us, but it's still our decision as to whether we're going to allow Him to manifest Himself through us or not. And so the believer who says, "No, I'm not prepared to step out at this particular time," well, then the Holy Spirit is not going to be impressing upon that saint to move out in the gifts very often because the Holy Spirit knows that this particular saint is not very open to the move of the Holy Spirit. And so that will happen less frequently. And thus they neglect the gift that is within them. Another scripture we can look at is 1 Corinthians 14 verse 12. The scripture says, Even so you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, let it be for the edification of the church that you seek to excel. And uh, the scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says that we have to desire spiritual gifts. And so it is definitely the way that the saint approaches the gifts of the, of the Holy Spirit that determines to what degree they will walk in with regards to the anointing on their gift. If they are, you know, it's just a case of, well, Lord, if you really have to use me, well, then I'm available. Um, and the Lord's not going to be really pleased with that and the Lord's not really going to utilize that saint. The Lord is always going to use the one who is hungry for him and hungry for the things of God. That is, remember our Lord said, to whom who hears, more will be given. And so the one who is really um, zealous for spiritual gifts, the one who desires spiritual gifts, will experience a greater anointing upon the gifts that they have received from the Lord because God knows he can trust this individual to step out when just at the slightest unction of the Holy Spirit this individual will cooperate with the Holy Spirit he will not quench the Holy Spirit he won't grieve the Holy Spirit and so the Holy Spirit will use him because the Holy Spirit knows that this particular saint is available to him but for the saint who chooses not to really uh, be used of the Lord in this manner and, you know, as I say, if, if, Lord, if you want to use me, you can, but, you know, I'd appreciate it if you use somebody else. Well, then that's exactly what the Holy Spirit is going to do. He's going to use somebody else. Um, it's said quite often in the church that the Holy Spirit is the perfect gentleman. 
And I think he is, basically, because he just does not ever impose himself upon anyone. He doesn't force anyone to do anything. Um, it is up to the individual saint to be yielded to the Holy Spirit and to learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. But it's, again, that will only happen um, depending on the, the heart attitude of the particular saint. And the Holy Spirit knows our hearts. Um, and so he knows which saint is open to be used by him and which saint isn't. And so, you know, you, people look at uh, other believers in the, in the church and they see, gee, that person is really used of God in the gifts of the Spirit. Why not me? Well, you, the, the point is, look, look at your own attitude with regards to the gifts of the Spirit. Do you know what your gifting is? Do you know at what level of faith and grace the Lord has imparted to you to operate in your gift? Are you desirous of the Holy Spirit to utilize you in your gift? Uh, are you, do you uh, seek to excel in that gift? And are you open to the Holy Spirit so that <clears throat> He can use you if and so when He chooses? Because as I say, the scripture is very plain to us on this point that with regards to the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, these gifts are made manifest as and when the Holy Spirit wills. It's never the individual saint that decides, all right, um, I've been given the gift of prophecy, so today's like a, a good day, I'm going to now prophesy, I'm going to say, thus saith the Lord. You, you're not going to be saying it by the Holy Spirit, because it, uh, the way that the gifts work, the spiritual gifts work, is that we have the gift residing on the inside of us, we make ourselves available, we're desirous of the Holy Spirit to be used, uh, to use us, um, we know what level, we know what our gift is, we know what level of faith we, we can operate in that gift, and at the slightest unction of the Holy Spirit, we're ready to uh, cooperate with Him so that He can make Himself manifest through us when He chooses to. And so that's pretty much how the spiritual gifts kind of operate. Um, and it, as I say, it is incumbent upon the saint to make themselves available to the Holy Spirit in this area. And uh, we really need to learn to cooperate with Him if we're going to flow with Him in this area. And again, it, it, there's a, a caution we have to place here is because um, the tendency is for saints to think that they can operate the gifts and it doesn't work that way, it works the other way around. The saint is purely the vessel to be used. And so it's why you see um, churches, they like to practice the gifts of the Spirit. But when they say, let's practice the gifts of the Spirit, invariably what they're talking about is practicing the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. Nothing else. They don't practice prophecy. They don't practice uh, working of miracles. They don't practice gifts of healings. They don't practice the gift of faith. Like, because they can't practice those gifts because it's, it's impossible to go and practice m miracles. Uh, you can't say, well, I'm going to turn this water into wine. And did I get it right? Did it, can we, is it a good quality of wine? No, not a good quality. I'll try it again. So there's not like uh, going to... Uh, uh, a magic school and learning how to practice operating with, with magic and sorcery. That's not how the gifts work at all. Um, you can't practice the working of miracles. You can't practice the gifts of healing. You cannot practice the gifts of the Holy Spirit because the gifts of the Holy Spirit are made manifest as and when He wills. And so you have to ask yourself the question, why do churches practice the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom? That's not the Holy Spirit because you cannot practice the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The way that we operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit is we recognize that the gift is residing on the inside of us. 
we recognize the level of faith we have to operate in that gift and when and only when the Holy Spirit moves upon us to operate in the gift then we step out so that's I suppose you can say the time of practice but he chooses the time of practice so it's not a case of okay now we're going to sit down we're going to stand sit around in a, in a circle I'm going to prophesy to you I'm going to give you a word of wisdom I'm going to give you a word of knowledge and we're just going to practice and then you're going to say if I've got it right or not no that's not God we, God doesn't operate like that because again as I say then we can put out bowls of water all around the table and everybody has a go at turning the water into wine let's practice miracles um, bring some dead let's go visit a morgue and practice raising people from the dead you can't do it because it's as the Spirit of God wills and so you have to ask yourself the question why is it that churches that like to practice the gifts of the Spirit invariably practice word of wisdom, word of knowledge, because that's a different spirit. Um, and I don't want to get any further down that line. So we wanted to, we're dealing with the speaking gifts today, and um, we're obviously not going to get through the whole category, but we're going to start with the gift of prophecy, and uh, we'll see how far we go, and uh, we'll carry on in the next teaching. We'll probably end off uh, in the next teaching on this particular gift. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 14.1, and we've identified the speaking gifts is, is a gift of prophecy, a gift of diverse kind of tongues, and the gift of the interpretation of tongues. All three of those gifts speak forth the word of the Lord. That's what uh, the speaking gifts involve. And so the scripture says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. But look at this, but especially that you may prophesy. And so we are told by the, uh, by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul to desire spiritual gifts. But then he places, the Holy Spirit places an emphasis on one specific gift, and that is the gift of prophecy. For he says, but especially that you may prophesy. So why does the Holy Spirit um, emphasize the gift of prophecy above all of the other uh, spiritual gifts? Because he's talking in this passage of Scripture still about all nine spiritual gifts. And he says you guys need to desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you prophesy. So why does the Holy Spirit place emphasis on the gift of prophecy? The reason for that is, is because it, the gift of prophecy blesses the whole body of Christ. Whereas all of the other gifts of the Spirit blesses only individual members in the body of Christ and also outside of the body of Christ. Think of the gifts of healings for argument's sake. When the gifts of healings is made manifest through an individual, that gift can only bless people in the congregation who are sick. And no one else. No one else gets blessed. They, they see God working and obviously, obviously they give thanks when they see uh, the person being healed. But it doesn't bless the other individual in, a, in that they are receiving any uh, blessing from the Lord. But one who prophesies in a, a congregation speaks out the word of the Lord, and that word of, of that prophetic word spoken, that prophetic utterance spoken, blesses every single member of the body of Christ, the sick and the well in that church. And so that is really why the Holy Spirit is saying, guys, you actually do need to um, desire that you prophesy, especially that's, that's the gift that the churches should covet. And the reason that he wants us to do that is because prophecy blesses all of the hearers, not just a select few. Even the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, is for a select few individuals. It's not for the whole congregation. And so 
the, the, when, when prophecy is spoken out in the congregation, God is speaking to all of His saints. And every one of them are being blessed at whatever level they're at. Because in the congregation you have mature believers as well as baby believers. But God, when He speaks out through His prophetic word, it blesses every single one of His saints. Because it is the word of God being spoken. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to the church at that instant. And to hear those words of life feeds this, the spirit of the congregation, renews the minds of the spirit of the congregation. And so it's very important that um, we do not, the scripture says, do not despise prophecies. It doesn't say do not despise gifts of healings. It doesn't say do not despise working of miracles. It says do not despise prophecies. Because there is a tendency in churches from time to time that they begin to despise prophecies. Oh, well, you know, we've heard a prophetic utterance last week. Do we need to have another prophetic utterance again? Well, do you not want the Holy Spirit to speak directly to you? Um, and so do not despise prophecies. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Because He's the one who said, guys, you really need to uh, focus on the gift of prophecy. And so that is why uh, this particular gift um, is emphasized by the Holy Spirit out of the nine. And um, God does want us to um, prophesy in the churches. And also, when he says to desire this, the, the gift of prophecy, he's talking to every single member of the body of Christ. So he's not talking to a select few. He says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So he's not talking to only a select few of, of the saints in the church and saying, you guys need to desire to prophesy, especially that you may prophesy. He's talking to every single saint. And so the, the gift of prophecy is available to every single uh, saint in the body of Christ. It's not um, only for a select few in, in the church. And so it is a gift that is widely distributed by the Holy Spirit uh, to His church because, and He encourages all the saints to operate in this particular gift. So how do we operate in, in the gift of prophecy? What is prophecy? 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 21, the scripture says, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so again, there's a, it's a very simple uh, formula for one of, of a better word to put it across. Um, it, it, it doesn't come by the will of man. So no one can, can stand up and say, well, now I'm going to prophesy. Hear what the word of the Lord is and then begin to speak out the word of the Lord. Never does that work like that. It works on this wise. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So it is always the Holy Spirit who initiates the word of prophecy. It is never the other way around. So, you, you know, you, you have to be very discerning in this area. All of the gifts operate in exactly the same manner. They are, are initiated by the Holy Spirit, never the other way around. And so man does not say, I'm going to now step out and I'm going to um, perform a miracle doesn't work that way. It's the Holy Spirit who initiates the gift. And so prophecy works in exactly the same manner. Um, holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit reveals to the individual 
um, he impresses upon the individual that he wants that individual to now speak forth a prophetic word. And then the person, by faith, according to the level of faith that they have for their gift, begins to speak out the utterance uh, the, um, and speaks forth the word of the Lord. Let's have a look at another scripture that helps us to understand this. So it's, it, it's, it's a word that is given to the individual on the spur of the moment. It's not something that the Holy Spirit, well, uh, okay, I, I need to qualify that. There are times when the Holy Spirit does impress upon an individual before the time, this is the word I want you to speak out in the medium. But he never gives the whole word. He just impresses upon the individual a phrase or even one word. And so the person knows, okay, I've got a prophetic word inside of me that the Holy Spirit wants me to give out. Um, and then the person brings that prophetic word at the right time. Never, so again, God's not the author of confusion. And that's why the scripture says the spirit of the, of the prophets are subject to the prophets. So it's never a case of, well, I have the word inside of me, I need to speak it out. And people are worshiping God at that time. God doesn't interrupt himself. And so, anyway, the, the, the word of prophecy is uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And let's, let's have a look at another passage of scripture that will just give us a little bit more insight as to how the gift of prophecy actually does work. Luke chapter 21, beginning at verse 12. Um, our Lord speaking, and he says, But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons. You will be brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. But it will turn out for you as an occasion for testimony. Verse 14. Therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. Verse 15, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which you, all your adversaries, will not be able to contradict or resist. Now our Lord in this passage of Scripture is teaching uh, His saints that, are be, that will be persecuted for the Gospel. And this is saints that get arrested and get uh, thrown into jail and then they get taken into uh, a court for argument's sake and they have to now answer the charge because they're preaching the gospel. Think about the apostles when they were brought before the Sanhedrin because they had preached the gospel and they were instructed not to. Um, our Lord saying, God, when you get placed into that situation, don't worry about what you're going to say. Don't meditate the night before, well, Lord, what am I going to say? And start going through your mind, okay, I'll say this and I'll say that. He said, no, no, don't do that. He said, when you get into that situation, what will happen? He says, I will give you a mouth and wisdom which your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. So in that moment, the Holy Spirit will take over and that individual will then speak. Think about Stephen when he got brought before the council and he started preaching. Um, that was the Holy Spirit that took over and began to preach through Stephen. Um, Peter had happened to him as well and he began to preach. And so it's the Holy Spirit that gives, gave them the utterance at that time. Now uh, that's the Lord talking about that scenario. But prophecy works in exactly the same manner. So you cannot meditate upon a prophetic word, or right, I'm going to, Lord, what do you want me to say at the, in the meeting? All right, I, I think this is what you want me to say, and I'm just going to prepare it and just going to tweak it a bit. We can't do it that way. It's as we are in the presence of God in the meeting, and then the Holy Spirit just comes upon us and impresses upon us to speak forth. And we speak. He gives us a mouth at that time to speak forth what he wants to speak forth in the congregation and it then blesses the congregation so it's not something that can be premeditated you can't 
be before the time think well I'm going to speak a prophetic word this morning in, in the church meeting and so I need to prepare for it um, no you can't because it's as the spirit will so the way that we do prepare for ourselves for the, the prophetic word is you know we spend time in prayer and in fasting so that the anointing can be increased upon our lives we are desirous to be used of the Holy Spirit we, we let the the Holy Spirit know that you know if you want to use me Holy Spirit I'm available to you I'm a vessel ready to be used by you and so when he does move upon us well then we step out in faith the level of faith that we've received for our gift and begin to then prophesy and the words come out from the Holy Spirit so what you find is the individual who is prophesying hears the word of the Lord at exactly the same time as the people who are hearing the word of the Lord because He's not speaking out of something that he's prepared already. And so and the words are coming out by the Holy Spirit through him as a vessel. So he's listening to the same prophetic word that everybody else is listening to. It's not a case of he knows what he's going to say. Um, if that is the case, well, then it's not the Holy Spirit because that's not how the Holy Spirit works. And so when it comes to prophetic utterance, we need to be open to the move of the Holy Spirit. It's as He wills, and when He wills to, to move upon us, then He is the one who gives us, he gives us a mouth as to what it what is that He wants us to say. Stephen never prepared for his um, witness that he gave before the Sanhedrin on that day that he stood up. As he stood up, the Holy Spirit just put the words in his mouth and he spoke them out. And that was a type of prophetic utterance. And so when one who has the gift of prophecy stands up as they are, led of the Holy Spirit to do so and begin to speak out because the Holy Spirit does he gives the individual maybe the first word of the prof prophecy maybe the first phrase of the prophecy um, and as they speak out those that word or that phrase the rest of it flows and the individual who is prophesying then also as I say hears the prophetic word for the very first time they, it's not something that they know they're going to say it's something that just comes out of their mouth as the Holy Spirit gives them the utterance and so that's pretty much touching on um, how pro uh, prophecy actually works we, we're not going to finish off on that particular gift today we're going to carry on in the next teaching and we'll look at it in a bit more detail but uh, I wanted to start off on the gift of prophecy um, and actually how it does work but again, I'm just going to go back to the, the caution that I've, I've placed. Oh, I think I've said it on, on numerous occasions in this series of teachings. That the gifts of the Spirit are made manifest as and when the Holy Spirit wills. It is never as and when the will of man. It's not man doesn't initiate it. And so, as I say, um, be very weary of uh, uh, churches that love to practice the gifts of the Spirit. Because um, there is no scriptural evidence for doing that. And we're going to end the teaching off on that particular point today. Amen.